Okay. This is where you are. This is where you're going. And, and by the way, this is how you can improve. Um, you know, and maybe we can just hide behind the AI bot when we have to give them really bad news, right? It's just kind of, a, <laughs> hey, sorry, AI said it, it's not me, you know? Um, well, but, you know, but it's, <laughs> it's interesting because some of the best CSMs I know are the ones who can deliver that kind of feedback in a way that uh, makes, you know, the executive or the you know, leader of that organization go, thank you. And once again, welcome to the Digital Customer Success Podcast with me, Alex Turkovich. So glad you could join us here today and every week as I seek out and interview leaders and practitioners who are innovating and building great scaled CS programs. My goal is to share what I've learned and to bring you along with me for the ride so that you get the insights that you need to build and evolve your own digital CS program. If you'd like more info, want to get in touch or sign up for the latest updates, go to digitalcustomersuccess.com. And if you have a question or commentary to be used in an upcoming episode, call us and leave a message at 512-222-7381. For now, let's get started. And welcome to the Digital Customer Success Podcast. It is episode 27. If you are new here, uh, welcome. If you are a returning listener, I'm glad you're back. Um, we have a, a, a great one in store for you today. Um, I always love it when I get to speak with CS leaders within CS-focused companies. And today's a real treat because I'm speaking with Chris Dishman, who is a VP of Global CS at Tatango, um, which if you're not familiar, they're one of the originators of the CSP. Um, I think Tatango and Gainsight are, are basically the two uh, the two OGs, um, but Chris is a former Tatango customer turned uh, employee, and so we have a great conversation today all about um, the kinds of things that the, the, the Tatango team are doing um, in customer success. We talk about AI, we talk about the elusive virtual or video or digital QBR. Uh, we talk about, you know, ops and health scoring and all kinds of fun stuff. So um, super great conversation that I enjoyed with Chris Dishman and I hope you do as well. Chris, I want to welcome you to the Digital Customer Success Podcast. It's awesome to have you here. I know it's been a couple of, you know, missed opportunities on my end and your end and all that kind of stuff, but we, we made it happen. So welcome to the show. Yeah, no, good to be here. Good to be here. Mm -hmm. You, yeah, uh, I, I love your 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 journey into where you are today because you have the classic uh, kind of vendor to employee journey that you hear about sometimes, <laughs> right? Uh, I think you were yeah. you were a a Tatango customer for a few years, I believe, uh, yeah. with on twenty four, and then you decided to join the team. Could uh, can you enlighten us a little bit into into that journey and how that happened? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was at On24 for 18 years, which is, yeah. I think, about six or seven lifetimes in SaaS. So totally. um, I was time. there yeah. for a long time. And and when I started there, um, you know, I started as kind of a technical account manager, um, was running a team and, and managing support and, um, you know, enablement, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and And then we got about 10 years into my time there. Um, and we launched a new product that was a, a subscription SaaS product that was, you know, really specific for marketing. Um, and then we said, you know what, this is a, a good time for us to 
customer success was just becoming, you know, a thing, uh, at the sure. time. And so we said, let's, uh, let's, let's do this customer success thing. And so we started working on transitioning, you know, all of our technical account managers, um, you know, to customer success managers kind of went through the, the will and skill, you know, uh, process as it were and started shifting the team to that. Um, and, and that was great. Uh, you know, what's really interesting is, um, you know, we, we kind of expanded and we were growing at a pretty good clip. And then this uh, crazy 2020 pandemic hit. Um, and, uh, you know, it's interesting because everybody was doing in-person events, marketing events, and this is a marketing yeah. tool. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, everybody was forced to sit at home and watch webinars. And so, right. you know, uh, our our event volume and customer volume went absolutely through the roof. And, mm-hmm. and that was... Uh, <laughs> let's call it force acceleration into customer success, right? Into a scaled CS motion. Um, and so, you know, that really kind of stretched us a little bit, which was, which was kind of fun. Um, and then, you know, after that, after going through uh, uh, an IPO with On24 and some success post pandemic from there, um, got an opportunity to jump in at Tatango and do a little customer success for customer success, which is, which is super fun. So yeah, yeah it's been, it's been an interesting ride for sure. You are among a, a small but mighty band of uh, CS leaders who do CS for CS platforms, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> it is definitely, it's definitely fun. It's, it, you know, it's fun to be able to just talk with people like yourself and other professionals in the space and, and kind of get that. You, you start realizing that, yeah, we're, we're really literally all in the same boat. We're facing the same struggles, the same problems, different mm-hmm. flavors of them, but at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, really driving those customer adoption and, and, and getting value for our customers. And, you know, what are the hurdles we need to clear in order to do that in a wacky environment that we're in right now? So sure. Yeah. yeah. Wacky indeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, one, one of the things I wanted to, uh, kind of ask you about, um, and, and I think we'll get into, you know, specifics of Tatango a little bit because, uh, I'm, I'm very curious, but, you know, I, I do ask all of my guests basically the same, same question because everybody has a slightly different answer. Um, yeah. but, but I'd really love to hear, um, about your elevator pitch. If you were to describe digital CS to, a, a layman, uh, in, you know, in, in a few short sentences, what would you say to somebody? Sure. Um, you know, I think when I, when I have this conversation, which I do often, you know, you have to start with the the root of what customer success is, right? So, um, so let's start with defining that, which is, you know, we need to be uh, driving value uh, for our customers in, you know, the tool that we're using, right? Our software or service, whatever. So, um, as we think about, you know, what scaled CS is, it's essentially doing that same thing. Um, we're just doing it in a real efficient, uh, you know, motion that allows us to, to grow as a company without throwing, you know, a boatload of resources at it. So how, how can yeah. we efficiently approach getting value to our customers? Mm-hmm. I love it. Short and sweet, concise, yeah. yep. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I first learned about Tatango. Um, gosh, when was this? Maybe 10, 10 or 12 years ago. I, I think it's been around that long, right? But, but, uh, yeah. there was a, I joined a company and, uh, a, a good friend of mine was, was just very smitten with the idea of, you know, health scoring and the things that Tatango could do even back then, uh, in the, in the infancy of, of, I guess, CSPs. But, um, <clears throat> and, and I think things have 
obviously come a long way since then. Um, yeah. I think there's a there's an interesting vibe around Hellscores, you know, in the CS community because there, I think yeah. I think uh, a lot of people. I think there's a lot who have done them really well, uh, but I think there's even more people who have not implemented them really well. And so it's not really super trusted, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What I'm getting at yeah. is, you know, it's interesting where we've been. It's interesting where we are today, where health scoring is incredibly useful. And I would say in some instances, the cornerstone of a good digital program. But um, where, do, where do you see that? kind of going from where it is today and what do you see in the future uh, with regards to scoring? Yeah, it, it is interesting. Um, I, you know, being in the position I'm in, I do get yep. to have this conversation with a lot of people and, and health scores, you know, at its, at its core, it's something for an executive that's incredibly valuable, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I can say this customer is at a, you know, 85 out of a hundred in health score and that's good. Okay, great. That makes me feel good. Right. But like you said, do we trust that number? And, you know, are we, do we understand what's really driving that number? Um, and, and even taking that a step further, you know, are there aspects that are pulling that number down that I can, um, that I can leverage, whether it's a scaled program or, um, you know, various enablement functions or CSMs to help improve that score. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, the thing that is interesting when you think about health score is, you know, you have to, I think the core foundation of a health score is you have to understand what, you know, what are the key things, um, that are making your customers healthy. I literally just got off a call, you know, 20 minutes ago with somebody from our board and we were talking about, you know, the sticky features and, and what is it that, that drives, you know, somebody to continue to use and renew and grow in a product. And so you have to kind of, you know, spend the time and, and the work um, to look at all of the data, you know, in in your, you know, telemetry is whatever you have to be able to understand, okay, why are people staying and and why are people not staying, mm -hmm. you know, or growing and, and not growing. And then, and that becomes kind of the, I'm going to say the cornerstone of your, your health score as it relates to, you know, a factor, you know, and then, and then you start looking at all of the other elements. I mean, there's so many different things and we know this from, you know, we've seen customers and I know we've all experienced customers that, that a trip and the reason, and, and they work really well, right up until the point when they leave us, you know, and you go, right. wait, this is a surprise. How did this happen? Wait a minute, what? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, so when you start looking at those, there are, there's typically some underlying, you know, signals somewhere, you know, whether it be, you know, sentiment or, uh, you know, different feature usage, like we said before. So, you know, you understand the different elements of that health score and then you start figuring out, okay, what's the importance, right? How do I weight that um, health score to really determine and understand, do I have a, a fair picture of my customer? And then, and then truthfully, you have to look at that and you have to kind of, you know, A, B test it you know, almost mm. on a fairly regular basis. I think, you know, one of the common mistakes I see uh, customers have is they have a set it and forget it kind of mentality yeah. on their health score and they use it across an entire, you know, multiple segments. So your enterprise, your long tail customers, whatever. And now you end up with a, you know, with something that kind of works and sort of uh, accurate in most of the cases. And that's not something you can really rely on and, and, and action when you start thinking, as you mentioned, it's a key aspect of 
of what we do in scaled CS. So, yeah. you know, if, if I can't rely on that health score, well, then, then it's going to be sending wrong information to wrong people at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then that creates even a deeper problem. So, yeah, it really does. We, we, uh, you know, we recently went through this exercise where we did some regression testing on churned accounts and really yeah. looked at, looked at the efficacy of certain metrics against those accounts. And it's when you really start looking at it, it's uh, it, it's always eye-opening kind of what you find in retrospect um, as to what your health score did well and what it didn't do well. And, and to your point, I think you're never done with, right. with scoring because, you know, you get maybe some new insights, you get new data, but also, you know, some things go stale. And so it's, you know, it's important, I think, for an ops function to, to, to keep it fresh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's something that, again, as you, uh, and, and we kind of constantly talk about iteration. Um, yeah. you know, it's one of the things that, that at Tatango we're really keen on and, and it's, and it's important from a, a CSP product, you know, to be able to do that and measure, you know, like you said, is it, a, is it effective or not? Where is it working or not? And then, you know, okay, well, let me make a, an adjustment. And then once I make that adjustment, let me, you know, kind of AB test it and find out, yeah. you know, yeah, no, this is actually more accurate. Great. Let's go with a instead of B, you know, so there's mm-hmm. the, the kind of constant it's, you know, we, we've always said it to tango. It's a, you know, view the customer journey as, as a product. And when you think about a product, you know, you launch it, you review what's going on with it and then you iterate and then you, you launch it again and then you test it. And then it's just like this kind yeah. of constant flywheel effect. Right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we have to think about health score, customer journey, all of those things in that same way that uh, it's, it is definitely not a set it and forget it. It's something that you have to kind of continually look at and work and evolve um, in order to kind of keep up with the way things are going. So, yeah. And, and to your point earlier too, it's like um, you, you need to, you need to come to it um, from a, from the standpoint of what, it, what, it, what are you, what goal are you trying to accomplish? You know, right. uh, because I think the tendency for a lot of folks is just, Oh, that's cool. We can measure that. Let's throw it into the health score. That may, yeah. may or may not be effective um, because, you know, you may want your health score to be like, you know, a, a really functional tool for your teams to go diagnose things. Or you may want your health score to be as predictive as possible or a combination of both and those kinds of things. So it's, it's always interesting. And I guess what the question I'm getting to here is, you know, there are several frameworks famously out there. There's, you know, there's yeah. Deer. I know uh, Jeff Beaumont has a lot of documentation around Prove, uh, which is another kind of framework. Do, does Tatango or do you, you know, lean on a specific framework? What, how do you advise your customers to start really thinking about structuring their scoring? Yeah. I, you know, I, I wouldn't say that there's a specific, you know, framework yeah. other than it's, you know, because there, there's, I mean, we're, we're working in so many different verticals and so many different companies and, and, you know, in my mind to try to force somebody into a, a given, you know, I don't know, process or whatever is, is sure. might be a bit tricky, but you know, the, again, if you kind of really boil it down, it's like, okay, what are the factors, you know, that, that, that you have looked at and understand or are differentiators uh, that are going to cause people to stay and or to leave. Um, mm-hmm. And then once you understand that, then you say, okay, well, how important is it, are each one of those things? I mean, let's kind of scale rank them. Um, and, and then you, you know, report on it and then you can look at it and regression test it and see, you know, does it, is, is it proving out right or not? Um, and then you, you fine tune and adjust. So, you know, truthfully it, it's, 
it's pretty basic. It's like, you know, we all, I think we all kind of generally know what is the differentiator of your you know, product or service, you know, and then once you start with that, um, are people using that or not? And if they're not, then you probably got some people at risk, right? So that's mm-hmm. where you, where you have to kind of go and, and, uh, start, start doing some of the, the work behind the scenes. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, you know, I, I think you see your fair share of implementations, mm-hmm. um, you know, of Tatango. I, I'm sure you see your fair share of issues that customers run into and, you know, everything along the way. Um, and, and I'm curious if you have over the last, you know, little while have built up a, a learning for yourself of, you know, what, what makes a successful CSP implementation? Um, and at, at what point do you feel a customer is ready? Because I can, I can tell you right off the bat, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people who have no business implementing a CSP until they <laughs> kind of clean up their data a little bit or whatever that may be, or maybe they're just not big enough yet. Like, have you taken away some learnings or some patterns that you see among, among folks wanting to get into a CSP? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it is interesting. There's when I first launched, uh, the CSP, you know, to tango at on 24, which was in 2017, um, ish that, that area. Um, it was, it was interesting because, you know, at the time really to tango and Gainsight were the only two shops in town. Right. And, um, you know, since then now there's, there's a bunch of other ones that, you know, you know, are, are certainly, decent. Um, and, and it is interesting as you look at, you know, a maturity of an organization and whether or not in what time, you know, they should consider jumping into a CSP. Um, I have seen a lot of, I'm going to say very immature customer success organizations that come in that, you know, want to sign up and, uh, you know, get access to, to Tango and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, 12 months in, they're like, yeah, I just, I don't, I mean, I'm a team of one, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't have time to, to do this. And, and, you know, if they've got a small enough quantity of accounts, I mean, track it on a spreadsheet, (laughs) you know, I mean, uh, it's, uh, you know, I hate to say that out loud, but I mean, there there are certain scenarios where you go, okay, you know, use the tools that are available to you. But, you know, it is interesting when you start thinking about customers that have a, you know, you mentioned data and that's always a, the sticky widget, right? Because everybody's connected to Salesforce in some way, shape or form, most likely. And Salesforce is generally messy for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so, uh, so as you start thinking about that, you go, okay, well, if I'm going to wait until data is clean, um, to launch a CSP, then you're probably never going to launch a CSP. Um, yeah. you know, it, I, I was having a conversation with one of my CSMs, uh, yesterday and we were talking about this very thing and she was telling me that, you know, this particular customer of hers has, has a couple of different data sources that they're pulling into Tatango and they're actually using Tatango as a source of truth to clean up the data Interesting, um, yeah. from the, from the other sources. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, you can certainly do that because, you know, as we all know, manipulating things in Salesforce is, is, you know, very next to impossible. So, uh, to leverage a, a CSP from that standpoint to get a, a little bit better source of truth. And then, you know, once you do that, now you can start driving those actions. So, you know, back to your uh, original question, it's like, you know, when is it right? Well, when you're, when you're ready to start, um, and I'm going to, you know, say scale your, your organization, your structure that drives additional consistency across how you service your customers, 
um, you know, and, and efficiency and how you can work with, you know, your customers as well. And so that might be your long tail customers, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. I mean, uh, and I've listened to some of your other, you know, podcasts, you've got some great, great guests on here. And I mean, it, it's interesting because, you know, scaled CS is not just for your tiny, you know, long tail customers. I mean, it is definitely something that you, that we as a, as a customer success professionals have to deploy across every segment. Um, it's, yeah. it's critical, uh, just in, in, to me, it, it helps really drive a, a level of consistency too, um, for your teams and for your customers. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think the, the key thing about getting into a CSP is just when you're ready to kind of level up that, you know, like I said, the consistency and the efficiency of your, of your practice. So, mm-hmm. yeah, makes sense. Uh, I also, f- I also feel strongly that there is a, a staffing component to doing that as well and kind of an operational rigor around it because, it, you know, it's one thing to implement it, but then there's the maintenance of it and the, and the really the, maybe less the maintenance, but the attention to it, you know, right. I think you need somebody, whether it's, you know, a part of somebody's role, whether it sits in an operations role, whether it's a bespoke kind of, you know, person to, you know, kind of own the tooling, the inputs, the outputs, the flows, the the strategy around the tool, the, st- yeah. the strategy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. You know, it's interesting when I, uh, when I launched to tango, um, at on 24, I was that person as the VP of yeah. CS. Um, sure. we didn't have a CS ops, you know, role and, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, okay, you know, I, this is a tool that is, you know, that was quick enough to stand up. I mean, we actually, you know, uh, from an implementation standpoint, um, we got to tango launched inside of one week. I was getting value. Holy cow. You know, wow. yeah, no kidding. And, um, you know, we, it, it just from an ease of use and an ease of implementation standpoint, um, it was, it was pretty amazing. And, and once we got, you know, everything set up and implemented, the next step was, okay, so, you know, how are we going to leverage this thing? And, and, I, again, I was the one on point and it was easy enough, um, you know, with, uh, with the way the tool is laid out to be able to go in and build out some flows and, and create some campaigns and, you know, start, you know, start small and work our way into it. And then, you know, over time, as we continue to grow, um, we got a, a CS ops team and somebody there that really knows what they're doing. And, and I even had, you know, different people, different CSMs at time that would step in and kind of run different functions or initiatives within sure. the tool as well. So, you know, we're able to really kind of spread things out, which, you know, is important from an ease of use standpoint of the tool itself um, and kind of uh, allows for us to be able to, to execute, you know, again, at, at scale across that, which was kind of interesting, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's always, it, it's always great it, to, it to give important. folks a chance to grow like professionally by just like giving them some, maybe some side projects that align to their interests, but also, you know, makes the org better and gets them to learn a little bit more about the tool and stuff. I love doing stuff like that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and kind of speaking of which on the, on the same vein, I wanted to touch on something that you, you talked about earlier where you were having a conversation with, uh, you know, your CSM around certain things. And, um, I would imagine that, um, being a CSM for a CSP adds a layer of challenge because, you know, again, you're seen as a subject matter expert on how to use the tool, obviously, but then also how to run certain things. Do you, do you, do you guys get inundated with requests to, 
for like, well, how are you managing your customers, you know, in, into Tango? Like, let me see your workflow. Let me see what it looks like <laughs> for you. Does that happen a lot? And I'm, I'm oh, sure there's yeah. privacy concerns there too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's one of the things that is so great about the, the, the CSM team at Tango. I mean, we've got, you know, experts in the space that, you know, are dealing with, you know, customer success leaders in the space on a regular basis. And so mm -hmm. they have a unique um, perspective uh, around, you know, how to execute and how to execute, you know, uh, using our tool, of course, but also just generally speaking in the space. Um, you know, we have uh, our, our enablement team and uh, shout out to Kristen Listen. She's simply fantastic um, and has built out, you know, a number of things within, uh, you know, our we call it creator campus. It's our kind of LMS for Tatango. Mm -hmm. And um, she's been doing a lot of different things around really helping enable our customers, but, you know, kind of pulling it back to scaled. We do a lot of, um, yeah, we do, we, we call it a success squad. Uh, it's, a, it's like a genius bar um, yeah. for, um, you know, for our customers. And so people can sign up um, and we'll have a CSM sitting there and they actually go and, you know, spend, a 30 minute session with a customer, um, even though they're not assigned to them and they can answer questions and provide some of those best practices and things like that. And we do the same thing with our, our customer success engineering team. So if, mm -hmm. if somebody has integration questions and things like that, they can do that. And of course we do the, you know, one to many sessions like webinars and office hours. And I mean, all of those, all, all the good, you know, scale techniques, you know, we certainly are deploying those as well, but, sure. um, but it, but it is fun to be able to to leverage the learnings from you know the smart people that we have on our customer success management team to be able to really you know uh, help our customers get the value that they need um, you know out of the tool so that that way they can do the same thing for their customers. Um, so it, it is something we we hear quite a bit. Share those yeah. best practices. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you you do, you just mentioned you do you know a lot of one to many things in the office hours and things like that, which I think are you know, phenomenal best practices, you know, for, for especially office hours, they're so light touch. Like you just, yeah. you, you know, it, it, and, and you let your customers essentially create the content for you, which is amazing. But, um, are, are there some specific digital motions that, um, you've implemented that either you're, you know, particularly fond of proud of have been particularly successful or have been massive failures that you've learned a bunch from? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we do all of the kind of typical, um, you know, uh, we're running various, you know, campaigns and, you know, I'll, I hesitate to use the word tech touch because it's so overblown, <laughs> but, um, but you know what I mean? So we, we do a lot of things where, um, you know, we evaluate, uh, various kind of functions, what people are doing. So, you know, some of those things are obviously time-based. Um, some of those are, function based. So they did this thing. Let's make sure that we enable them on this next thing. Or, you know, as we think about, uh, you know, again, some of the, the features that we know are, are helpful to people and that keep, keep them, you know, retained from that standpoint, you know, we will drive additional things around, uh, you know, pushing people to be, you know, enabled on those. And so, you know, a lot of that, it's kind of combination between, um, you know, campaigns and then leveraging, you know, some of the enablement functions that we have and then, you know, pulling in, you know, CSMs where we need to in those scenarios, um, mm -hmm. you know, but, you know, other than that, you know, we do, I, I like to, I like to think about some of our, um, you know, 
business reviews are a little bit dead. I think, I, I don't know. It's almost like a bad word these days talking about, you know, uh, really quarterly is. business reviews. It really is. It's, <laughs> it's interesting. Um, but you know, I, I've kind of started pushing the team on really, you know, call them value reviews, right. Or it's a value touch point. I mean, mm. we know our customers looking to, uh, we, we know they're looking to get something out of the tool. So the question becomes, you know, what is that? And let's make sure that we've got that clearly defined, you know, the, the objective tracking and management, you know, and then, you know, how are you doing towards that? Um, you know, and, and that's really, it's, it's interesting. Uh, if you look at anything from, uh, Greg Danes, uh, is, is so great and he's got so much incredible data. And I mean, and he's yeah. got a, one of his quotes was anything that improves customer results reduces churn. I'm like, well, that's that's pretty straightforward. Um, Absolutely, very mm-hmm. Greg Danes like. But um, yep. but you know, I mean, if we're you know anything that we're doing, you know, from that standpoint, in a, and again, doing that at scale to to improve what they're doing and the results that they're getting out of your product is really kind of the point, right? So understanding, you know, what are the key objectives? What's the value that they're wanting to get out of the tool? And then, you know, and then moving that forward with them and, and, and really kind of plotting a path for them through their journey to get to that point, making sure that they're aware of where they are in that process is pretty key. So, yeah, I, uh, to your point, I love Greg Danes. He and I were having a conversation for, for an episode. And one of the things I, I, I told him though is that I really appreciated probably an unexpected area of his website, which was the whole list of quotes that he's put out. Like it's just a massive page of just all of his little quirks and quotes that he puts out, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Definitely a big fan. Um, You know, uh, one thing that you mentioned that uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of is that, that intersection between the digital motion and the human where, you know, you, you've got a digital motion because it automates something. It, creates alerting whatever it is but then i think the thing that really makes those things hyper effective is knowing exactly when and how a human should get involved in that situation um, to really drive those outcomes and and you hit the nail on the head right we we just want to drive outcomes everything else falls into place if you drive those outcomes (laughs) absolutely well and it's and it is interesting when you're thinking about you know um creating a journey, right. Um, and, and a customer journey for, especially when you're thinking about it in the, in the context of a digital CS motion, mm-hmm. um, you know, it is not humanless. It's just not going to be humanless. It's not. And Can't be. so the question becomes, okay, as you're in, and I'm, you know, if you're thinking of it as a linear journey, although there's no such thing, but, right. um, you know, if, if it were a linear it's like a journey, subway map, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. More like a spider web. Um, right. but, uh, you know, as you're kind of moving through that, it's like, okay. Um, at some point, you know, you're going to have a, a period where there's an off ramp as it were to, mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, engage with a, a human, right. To engage with a person. The question is how can we formulate that journey such that, um, we minimize those off ramps. Um, and so we really kind of focus on the moments that matter and those strategic kind of intersections with where a CSM is needing to step in and, and answer a question, you know, and, and kind of formulating that journey is something that, you know, it, it takes time and, and mm-hmm. it's, you're not going to get it right the first time, but it is something that, um, you know, th- that as you start really kind of working through it, um, you know, you can, you can really kind of get, uh, you know, get some strong value out of that. So, yeah. um, 
Yeah, it's pretty cool. It can be it's kind funny. of elusive at times. Oh yeah, totally. Well, and mm-hmm. and so um, you know, uh, Allie Irvin uh, with Extreme Networks, and and she's one of our customers, and uh, she's got a great scaled CS motion, and and she had a quote recently on uh, some or Tatango Live event that we had, and she said scaled CS, you know, isn't an all or nothing, right? So it, it's interesting when you think about how as you're mapping out what your scaled CS or digital CS motion is, it's like, okay, you know, it, it's, it isn't all or nothing. You, you can have different variations and flavors of that. And, mm-hmm. and if you're going into it thinking that it's a human less experience, then you're probably going to have a whole lot of retention problems on your long tail customers. Right. So uh, yeah. you got to figure out what are those, what are those offerings? What are those moments that matter as you're building out that, that journey and, and then kind of extrapolate from there. Yeah. I think there's also an expectation that, that people feel like there's a playbook and in some extent there, there are options, you know, but it, it depends yeah. so highly on, uh, in fact, I posted on LinkedIn not long ago about <clears throat> the fact that I, I strongly believe that like digital CS is probably the function that has the most amount of variables of any function just because you're working cross-functionally with other departments, you're working, yeah. your customer is not just the customer, but it's also your internal audience, your CSMs and your support teams and all that kind of stuff. You've got data coming from all different kinds of places. You've got, you know, in product and email and like, it just becomes like, you know, overwhelming. And I think the the trick is not necessarily to follow the playbook. It is to you know, come up with your best options based on the, the your surroundings and what you have. Uh, absolutely. And and it is interesting too, because we tend to, you know, we tend to get wrapped around the axle on things like, okay, well, what does this look like and how is it going to impact things? And, but at the end of the day, you know, as we were talking about earlier, it's all about, you know, the customer outcomes, right? We have to continually keep that as our North star and say, okay, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, the goal here is to make sure that the customer is successful using your product. And so if that is the North star, you know, working with marketing, working with, you know, uh, with your product team and making sure that you understand, okay, um, the, this is kind of the, the thing that is really helpful to people. Let's double down on this. Let's, let's make sure that we're continuing to evolve that aspect of the product. Let's, you know, put additional time, effort, energy behind that, you know? Um, and and you mentioned, you know, marketing, there's a partnership with marketing, especially when you start getting into, you know, driving digital campaigns that we have to be, you know, in complete lockstep with our marketing team. You know, Mm -hmm. um, they, they know better than anybody, um, how to develop the content that's going to, you know, scratch the itch for your customer. So making right. sure that you're, that, that you're doing that, you know, and, and not creating, you know, fluffy marketing campaigns, um, but something that really helps people understand and, and get the message they need as quickly as they need to, which is pretty key. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, um, I, I think that is a very under, um, maybe underappreciated is the wrong word, but like under, acknowledged aspect of, of digital CS is that interplay between, you know, your, your marketing organization and all the great things that they do, um, versus what, you know, you want to go do the product organization and the in product stuff and what you want to go do. Like the, a big part of it is just relationship building and, and strategery. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a word? Strategery sure is, is now. It is now, Ignat. <laughs> okay, it's, it's from the Alex Dictionary, right? Strategery. Right. 
Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) That's fun. Um, And speaking of, you know, kind of, uh, you know, earlier we kind of joked about the fact that the QBR has kind of like become a bit of a dirty word, but I think one of the things that's elusive is this whole notion of a virtual QBR or, you know, kind of a self-serve QBR. And I know that, you know, you all have made some pretty great strides recently just in terms of being able to offer uh, kind of like, I think it's like a video QBR type, you know, um, status sharing type functionality, which I think is so, so super cool. Uh, but I, st- I still think that there's a long way to go in that and maybe generative mm-hmm. AI can help us with that. But, um, you know, I, what, given that you're kind of on the forefront of this whole thing, you know, what, what, what in your eyes is kind of the future of this whole notion of a virtual check-in or a virtual QBR and, and what's, what's a meaningful way of implementing those things? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I think the, you know, whether it's a, a video business review or, or something that, you know, and, and I mean, truthfully, VBR. that is, I like it. Yeah. VBR. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the thing that's interesting about that is it's, it's literally just something that kind of automatically, uh, puts something, you know, the data that you're pulling out of the system into, you know, a consumable format that's a little interesting to watch, right? It kind of summarizes yep. it. And, and what's really, uh, when you think about, any kind of a scaled approach to giving somebody a status update of their attainment towards an objective. That's really what you're looking at. Right. And, and so, you know, you mentioned AI, it's like, okay, so if you said, Hey, your objectives are X, Y, and Z, this is where you are on the path to getting to X, Y, Z. Here are the Mm -hmm. next steps. And here's kind of a summary. It's like, okay, well, that's, that's kind of AI 101 really, if we want to, you know, as it is now. And so to be able to deliver that, in a very succinct format, whether that's through a VBR or, or even just through a standard email or an in-app, you know, touch point that says, by the way, this is where you mm-hmm. are. This is where you're going. You're doing great. Keep up the good work. You know, I mean, it's yeah. kind of like a, yeah. that. And, 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 you know, we've been, these things have been around for a while um, and yeah. certain people do them really well. Like if you're, um, you know, I've gotten, you know, from, from marketing automation tools where it's like, Hey, here kind of your, your high level data points. Here's how the open rates are happening. You're doing a great job on your content. It looks like last month you dipped this month. You're up mm-hmm. again, you know, and, and you kind of go, okay, well, it's, it's just a real positive sense of, you know, you are tracking where you want to go. Right. Um, and I think that's, you know, that is something that we can do at scale when you have, you know, all of the data in one location, you know, as we do in CSPs and, and, and then it's like, okay, well now I can take that and kind of action it and drive additional adoption and, and views uh, of, of that content and kind of keep the momentum going with your customer about what they're doing. Well, yeah. I, I do think as, as customer success managers, we often, uh, <laughs> we, we don't want to talk about what they're not doing well. Um, right. You know, nobody wants to, to be, you know, confrontational. And so, uh, but it's so critical to, to say, Hey, listen, you know, you're doing this well, but you know, here are the things that you need to improve on. That's what, you know, we all really want to know that, um, mm-hmm. you know, and so that really helps to, to improve, you know, ultimately how we guide them in that, that journey to getting the value out of our product. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think that's pretty key. 
So, and ultimately, that's a very human thing. Like, I, I think to do that effectively, I think not only do you need to know your personas and what information is appropriate to the persona, you're not going to talk to an admin the same way that you would talk to your executive right. buyer, right? But then there's also that emotional intelligence involved of, of you know, recognizing how certain people like feedback and and what resonates right. and what doesn't resonate, and that's. That's that's a little harder to do digitally. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. There is a, there is definitely a skill set there. And and you know what is also interesting is as we think about it, you know, from a digital standpoint, you can give them the data, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and even some of the insights. And um, you know, and like I said, I I think that's that's a good foundational place for AI. And as we, you know, I think we're all kind of you know, dipping our toes in what that looks like and, and how is it, you know, it's, it's going to be AI plus humans. I, I, I'm, you know, yeah. I just am convinced and that's kind of our view on things from Tatango's perspective. And, and so it's like, okay, well, how can I take the data that I'm getting, aggregate that and get some insights on it from an AI standpoint and, and position that in such a way to my customer that lets them understand, okay, this is where you are. This is where you're going. And, and by the way, this is how you can improve. Um, you know, and maybe we can just hide behind the AI bot when we have to give them really bad news, right? It's just kind of, a, <laughs> hey, sorry, AI said it, it's not me, you know? Um, well, but, you know, but it's, <laughs> it's interesting because some of the best CSMs I know are the ones who can deliver that kind of feedback in a way that uh, makes, you know, the executive or the you know, leader of that organization go, thank you for giving me yeah. that. It's like an extension of the team, but that, that all comes into like, you know, building trust and building rapport and doing all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, in my view, and I'd love to know if you kind of agree or if you have a different opinion of this, it's not necessarily that we will always rely on digital motions to do that. I think, you know, yeah, AI is one thing, and 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 but there's always always is going to need to be some human to human interaction. But I think where digital and 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 scaled motions really come into play is that rapport building, that trust building, because at the end of the day, you want your digital emotions not to be seen as digital emotions, but to be seen as like the extension of the human. Like I want, I want my CSMs to take credit for all that kind of stuff. I don't want credit for it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's, you know, as I said before, I think that if you're, if you're thinking of, you know, a, a journey, I'll go back to my linear journey that doesn't exist. But if you're thinking of that journey, if you can build the foundation of that through that digital motion, but you've got your CSMs kind of layered on top of that to be able to pick up those, um, you know, those off ramps, those moments that matter, those kind of strategic touch points, then, you know, then that in and of itself drives some scale because you're, you're creating a level of consistency and you're doing the things, you know, we're helping the CSMs by, you know, offloading some stuff that quite frankly, you know, we can program. So let's program it. And, um, you know, and that helps them from an efficiency standpoint, it helps from the customer from a consistency standpoint. And then, and then it also, you know, is, uh, it's, it's going to ultimately drive, you know, the customer to those outcomes that we're really looking for. So, yeah. yeah. Couldn't have said it better. Um, as, as, so as we kind of start to wrap up, cause we've spent a lot of time already and I just looked up in the clock, I was like, Holy cow. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> That's quickly. good. That's um, good. Uh, you know, one of the things I always love to get from my, from my guests and I've actually started compiling on the website. Um, so there's a re- resources section. So everybody's kind of links and all that kind of fun stuff is listed there, but um, yeah. I'd love to know what's in your content diet. What do you, what do you 
what are you paying attention to to keep fresh and all of that stuff? Yeah, um, you know, I, uh, I I like to say I get a I get a steady dose of McKinsey articles delivered to my email uh, <laughs> inbox every day. So uh, I get a lot of those. There's just tons of tons of great information, not just within customer success, but just generally speaking. So yeah, um, the question is, well, do you actually read them or do they just kind of like stay there unread? Because <laughs> that's me. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I I uh, I do. Not, I don't read all of them, but I'll kind yeah. of peruse her. And when I see something sure. that catches my eye, you know, typically it's you know something AI or whatever, you know, I, I'll, I'll certainly dive in and, and dig into those as I, that's a good one as I yeah. have, have time. Yeah. Um, so, and I recently finished, uh, the effortless experience, um, mm-hmm. which is, uh, I would say not an exciting read. Um, certainly, you know, <laughs> um, not, not a good beach read, I would say, but, um, but there's a so lot there was of effort great... in finishing it. <laughs> in, yes, it was not an, it was not an effortless experience, but mm-hmm. it does have some really good data. Um, cool. and then, podcast. Uh, I don't know if you've listened to decoder, um, but it's a great yes. podcast. Um, so, you know, just good, good insight, you know, at, from executives and various people in the space, you know, technology space. So that's always a good one. So that's cool. Awesome. Yeah. I'll, that's a great list. Um, next question is you've already given some shout outs to a couple of people as we've been discussing, but is there anyone yeah. who is excelling digitally that you would want to call out? Well, I'd have to say to tango, um, you know, but, uh, kind of, kind of, kind of pat my team on the back. Um, you know, I mean, we obviously, uh, as using our product and, and really kind of driving that we have to, we have to be good at it in order to be able to encourage other yeah. people to be good at it. Right. So, um, so you, we're in a unique space there. So, um, it, it is, that's something that our team, uh, and our, our ops team has been doing really well onboarding team, et cetera. So, um, and then, you know, the other one I mentioned earlier was Extreme Networks, um, mm-hmm. Allie Irvin, uh, you know, she does some, some great stuff on, on a scaled CS approach and, you know, how they're executing their problems so, or program rather. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, those were, those would be the two that awesome. I would give shout outs to. So that's great. That's great. Um, well, I thank you for your time. Where can people find you, reach out to you, engage with you and, and, and keep up with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, LinkedIn is certainly, uh, the, the best place. Um, would love to, to chat with anybody about, about this. It's, it's one of the things that I do love about my job is that I get to, you know, I get to have these conversations on a regular basis with people and, and, uh, kind of find out what they're doing and how they're achieving their outcomes and, you know, what are they doing different or, you know, what are they seeing different in the space? And so, um, would love to, love to have a chat. So reach out, connect with me on LinkedIn and, uh, and we can find time to, to talk. Sounds good. Well, I've thoroughly enjoyed our time together and I appreciate yeah. you taking time out of your day and, uh, and your Friday. Hopefully it's, yeah. hopefully it's, uh, you're not too far away from the weekend. Yeah, no, I appreciate the time and, uh, and thanks for reaching out. This is, it's definitely been a fun conversation. So I appreciate it, Alex. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Digital Customer Success Podcast. If you like what we're doing, consider leaving us a review on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps us to grow and to provide value to a broader audience. You can view the Digital Customer Success definition word map and get more details about the show at digitalcustomersuccess.com. My name is Alex Turkovich. Thanks again for joining and we'll see you next time.